About a month later, Jacob DeGrom finally came back. He made his return in Washington against the Nationals. But I was so excited. And this is probably the most negative part of this podcast because we got to talk about this. Uh, I was excited to see Jake's return. And I pulled a clip for this moment. And then I decided not to send it to Pete because the clip made me very, very sad. And I wanted this podcast to be positive. And the clip I pulled off was of DeGrom warming up to Simple Man and the crowd giving him a standing ovation. And what really, really bothers me as I talk about this right now is as I was at that game with my son, with my wife, the thought in my head was, we can't let this man go. This man cannot pitch for any other team. And so he was brilliant. The Mets won. I know he gave up a late home run as he was basically done, but it does sort of pain me to think back to that memory that I had as he was warming up because the truth is they did let him go. And obviously we've talked that to death, so I don't want to relitigate it, but that was a really special moment from this season that unfortunately you look back at with a little bit of bitterness now because that was the end. And it's it stunk, man. It really did. Uh, he was great. The Mets won. It also completed what we thought was a series win over Atlanta that would kind of put the hammer down on the National League East. Remember, the Mets played a five-game series against the Braves, and after getting blown out early in that series, Taiwan Walker, I think, pitched one inning and gave up a million runs. The Mets responded. They swept the doubleheader on the Saturday, and then they put the exclamation point on it with Jake uh, making his return to City Field and defeating the Atlanta Braves. I think it was Dansby Swanson who hit the home run to spoil it. And good news, we don't have to see him with the Atlanta Braves again. So that's the positive. But no clip from that game because it's going to make me sad. And right now, I don't want to be sad. Right, Hoff? You agree with that, uh, that Yeah, I, I agree. And I think I, I think everyone got emotional. It was the one thing I will say, just to, to hammer back to that moment, SMY did an amazing job this year. You can, you know, first of all, they are, you know, your coworkers with the guys at SMY. <laughs> you guys do two hours a day with them. But not to kiss their butt, they do a phenomenal job kind of taken in the moment for everybody, whether it's Edwin Diaz, whether it's Brandon Nimmo making a catch. Like, they've done it constantly. Yes. The biggest moment, is, it's like it's like a movie you're watching. And that's what that was. It was one of the best intros of all time for any single starting pitcher, and it was emotional. Yeah, it was. It was. I'm emotional for two reasons. A, he's not coming back, and B, I walked out of City Field that afternoon thinking the division was over. <laughs> yeah. Sal finally convinced me. And then, uh, well, we know how things turned out. A few weeks later, the Mets played a Sunday afternoon game against the Philadelphia Phillies. They were wrapping up a four-game series. They had played a doubleheader the day before and had split the doubleheader. At this point, the Mets are three games up on the Atlanta Braves. And we're sitting here in late August. And the Mets, unfortunately, were forced to call up a guy by the name of Jose Buto to make the start in the finale of this series against Kyle Gibson. And Jose Buto was as bad as we could have imagined right out of the gate. Three batters in, they're down 3 nothing when Alec Bohm hit a three-run home run. He ended up giving up four runs in the first inning. And then, to the Mets' credit, they rallied. They scored two in the second. They scored a run in the third. They scored a run in the fourth. And we had ourselves a tie game at four, and Buto had actually settled down until he gave up another home run, another three-run home run, also to Alec Bohm. 
And then he was out of the game, and we were down 7-4, to four, and it felt like a loss until Mark Canna in the seventh inning hit a three-run home run to tie the game up at seven. And we're starting to have memories back of that late April win. Problem was, in the bottom of the eighth inning, the Philadelphia Phillies retook the lead when Gene Segura, who is an absolute Met pain in the ass, hit a leadoff home run in the eighth inning against Trevor May, and the Phillies had regained the lead, which means it was all going to come down to the final three outs, down by a run. And then Mark Hanna, in his finest moment, after a leadoff double, hit a fly ball to left field, and I'll never forget the bat flip. Him kind of throwing the bat in the air, his hands in the air. He hits a two-run home run. We regain the lead. I didn't realize it at the time, but Brandon Nimmo hit a home run that would turn out to be a very important insurance run because Edwin Diaz did not make this easy for us. We had a two-run lead in the ninth inning, and he promptly gives up two hits on two pitches to JT Realmuto and Nicholas Castellanos, and then Bryson Stott barely misses a game-winning three-run home run. And then Nick Maton barely misses a game-winning three-run home run. It turned into a sacrifice fly. He walks Segura and then wins the game when he struck out the pinch hitter Derek Hall with two on, two out, the winning run on base, And it was yet another awesome victory in Philadelphia. Swing and a drive. Well hit to left. Back goes Mayton. She is gone. Do you believe this? The Mets have done it again. They take the lead. Yes, they did. (laughs) That was tremendous. Great victory. We had to have some kind of excitement to close it out. But an awesome victory to ensure a victory and a series win over the Philadelphia Phillies. About a week and a half later, we're playing the Dodgers again. And I give my son credit, Jet, who's actually here while we record this podcast. Jet went to all three of these Met-Dodger games. All of them. The opener in which uh, it was raining and we lost. Remember what happened at that game, Jet? You do? Okay, he knows. He got very upset because... He said something inappropriate about the L.A. Dodgers. And as he said that, Daniel Vogelbach rounded into a double play. And he caught himself saying something inappropriate, so began crying, which was very, it was a very good moment. He, he knew he shouldn't have said it, so he started crying. But everybody around us thought he was crying because Vogelbach grounded into the double play. But that's not the truth. Mets ended up losing that game. And in the second game of this series, we were given the treat of another incredible moment. The Mets take a 2-0 lead on a Starling Marte two-run home run, and we're watching this awesome pitcher's duel between Jacob DeGrom and Tyler Anderson. It is back and forth. But DeGrom starts to look human in the sixth inning of this game. He gives up a home run to Mookie Betts and got very lucky that Will Smith did hit a two-run home run a few batters later. So here's DeGrom. Not a high pitch count, but you could tell Dodgers are getting better swings on him. With one out and nobody on, up two to one. And I know this is the moment, so I'm going to throw to it. The best play of the season occurred as Justin Turner strode to the plate. That's lifted in the air, deep to center. Back for it, Nemo still going toward the one track, leaping up at the wall. Nemo made the catch. Oh, my goodness, what a catch. Brandon Nemo. Up near the wall in right center. 
may have taken a home run away from Justin Turner. Ah, oh, what a catch. And Nimmo's emotion, the Grom with the arm in the air. To Jake's credit, he strikes out Gavin Lux, finishes his night seven innings, one run, and the Met bullpen did a spectacular job. Adam Adovino got three outs. Edwin Diaz got the Dodgers hard of the order, one, two, three, and the Mets had evened up the series and won the game two to one. Best remembered for not just the Grom giving you seven good innings, but the catch of the year from Brandon Nimmo. And then the following day, I give my other son a lot of credit, Spence. It was his first complete game. It was a 4 o'clock game Thursday afternoon. I was off. Whole family went. So Jet completed the three-game series. Good job by him. And my youngest son, Spence, sat through the entire three-hour game. And that was another good game. That was another very good game. That's won 5-3. to three. Uh, uh, Edwin Diaz again did the eighth-inning thing. And then Adam Adovino came in and got the job done in the ninth inning. It was a... Uh, an excellent victory. It was a series win against the L.A. Dodgers. And even though it didn't mean anything because we never got to play him again, it was the series, the season series victory over the L.A. Dodgers. A few weeks later, as the Mets are engaged in this tooth and nail pennant race in the National League East, the Mets go to Milwaukee to take on the Brewers with Max Scherzer returning from the injured list. And the Mets needing wins. Now, by the way, they had a chance to clinch a playoff spot, but at the time, none of us really thought about that. It was more, we're only a game up on Atlanta. And Max Scherzer delivered, uh, I mean, as brilliant as you could say. He was unbelievable. He pitched six perfect innings. <laughs> he doesn't get much better than that. And he only threw 68 pitches, but Buck Showalter made the decision that he had to make. He took him out of the game. And he took him out of the game because, listen, Mets had a 5 nothing lead. It was his first start back. They had to be smart about it. He was never going to be able to pitch nine innings anyway. So Max Scherzer was brilliant. Pete Alonzo with a three-run home run. And it did get a little exciting because Tyler McGill gave up a two-run home run. And Adam Adovino put some guys on base in the ninth inning. But the Mets were able to close it out. They beat the Milwaukee Brewers by a final score of 7-2. to And they clinched a playoff spot. So Scherzer six perfect. The Mets clinch a playoff spot. I didn't think about it in the moment. But clinching a playoff spot is a big deal for this franchise. 2-2. He struck him out, and the ball game is over. For the first time since 2016, the 2022 New York Mets will be going to the postseason. The 10th postseason berth in franchise history. And along the way, Max Scherzer picks up his 200th victory with six perfect innings as the Mets win their 94th game in 2022, and they have clinched at least a wild card, 13 games to go, a one-game lead in the National League East, and reason for at least a muted celebration tonight as the Mets have made their way into postseason play. Making the playoffs is a big deal for this franchise, so even though we had greater goals that we did not accomplish, winning the division or even advancing, uh, making the playoffs is a big deal. Because it doesn't happen very often, even though we now expect it to happen every single season. And our final moment, because again, we are not going down to Atlanta and we are not going to go to the postseason because we want everybody to be happy. It's a brand new year. We want smiles. Who could forget September 28th, 2022? It was a very memorable and scary night for myself. Uh, as you may recall, if you're a loyal listener to the Rico Pete Hoffman did an excellent job recording the Rico right after this game. I was in the hospital. My youngest son was sick. And so me, my wife, my youngest, we're in the hospital. 
There's not much we could do. And my wife's like, turn the Met game on. Let's distract us. Okay, maybe she's not the one who said it. I said, can we put the Met game on? And so we did. Spence is sleeping. My wife's falling asleep. And I put this Met game on. The Mets had lost the previous night to Miami. And things were looking bleak because now we're tied with the Braves. And this was the final game before we went down to Atlanta. So simultaneously, the Mets are playing the Marlins and the Braves are playing the Nationals. And both of these games are close and they're happening at the same time. The problem is the Mets couldn't hit again. They gave up two runs in the fourth inning, a run in the sixth, a run in the seventh, and all the while could not get a big hit. They're down 4 nothing, Even with help, they're about to go to Atlanta tied for first place in the NL East. Braves are playing a close game against the Nationals. And then the Mets miraculously, but slowly come back. Eduardo Escobar hits a two-run home run in the seventh inning to make it close. Then they load up the bases in the eighth inning for Jeff McNeil, and oddly enough, he doesn't come through. He pops one up to shortstop. But here comes that man again, Eduardo Escobar. Hits a base hit to right to tie the game up at 4-4, four and four, and then in the 10th, wins the game. It will forever be called the Eduardo Escobar game. Door the winning run at second, one out. One and one to Escobar. And Eduardo punches uh, one through the hole. Base hit. Here comes Lindor. Blade with the throw to the plate. Lindor is safe. And the Mets win it. It's the month of Escobar. Five RBIs, including the game winner of the 10th. And the Mets win it 5-4 to four to go yeah, minutes earlier, the Braves lost. So that, you know, 20 to 30 minute period of time with the Braves losing, with the Mets rallying and then win it was incredible. Little did we know that would be our last great moment of the season. Because uh, let's be honest, it was all downhill from there. But that night, there was hope. That night, there was optimism. Uh, but <laughs> I don't want to end this so negatively. But I, I Yeah, no wait, great job on that one, man. <laughs> What am I supposed to do? It's like, hey, by the way, that we had no more good moments after this, the, the game before we went to go visit the Atlanta Braves. There was playoffs after that, and there was nothing good in there. Yeah, there was but nothing ignore, good in there. Ignore that. Yeah, unless you want to include the three games against the Nationals in which the Mets swept and had and Francisco Alvarez hit a home run. That was the last great moment. I thought that game reminded me of the Asdrubal Cabrera game from 2016 where they had rallied numerous times against the Phillies. He hit that home run, flipped the bat, in the most uh, pimps, pimp, pimptastic way. It's a new word I created, pimptastic. Uh, very similar kind of game. Game they needed, a game in which one guy, Eduardo Escobar, carried them. But unfortunately, the rest of this story is really bad. The Mets would lose the division. The Mets would lose in the wild card series, two games to one to San Diego. But think about this for a second. You know, we just went through 12 games. 11 of them were wins. So include the take the San Francisco game out, you know, because it was a loss. This season really did feature a lot of awesome stuff. Uh, I only hope 2023 can supply that plus, like more, specifically in October. But the regular season did leave us with a lot of smiles. So I know it's sometimes tough to think about that because the postseason is what you remember. And yeah, we're going to look back at 2022 and say we should have done more. We could have done more. But I think by listening to this podcast, by going back and thinking about some of these games that maybe you forgot about till we brought it up to you again, it was a really good and exciting season. 
And hopefully 2023 will bring many, many more. If there's a game or a moment you think we forgot, definitely email us, B at gmail.com. It'll be a very exciting 2023. Podcast at least twice a week and hopefully Mets success. You can check out Pete with uh, Tiki and Tierney, 2 o'clock on the fan, me and Craig. Uh, they're 10 a.m. on the fan. Me and Craig, 2 o'clock on the fan. And we definitely appreciate you listening to Rico Bronia and happy new year. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>